Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Salted Hash. I'm your host, Steve Reagan. Today I'm joined by Barracuda's Usuf Sedan, and we're going to be talking about some phishing, some email scams, and a couple of trends that you might want to know about. Stay with us, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. Yosef, how are you? Friend of the show. <laughs> Thank you. Good, good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. It's good to have you back on. Thanks for coming to hang out with us. So uh, I, I, I don't want to like be the spoiler, but uh, y'all have been busy lately. Um, quite a bit busy. So uh, tell me about this, this stat I, I, I'm reading here from, um, from one of your, your communications people. It says, uh, on May 1st, you've blocked over 3.2 million phishing emails. What's, what's going on with that? What are you doing? Yeah, well, yeah. So, I mean, uh, one of the interesting things about phishing, um, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of like the weather, right? Um, <laughs> so you can have, uh, you know, sometimes it's all nice and sunny and, you know, just a little bit of kind of background noise. And then sometimes you just get, you know, really kind of significant peaks and activity. Um, you know, sometimes those peaks are related to certain events, maybe holidays or uh, or something like that. Uh, but in other times, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, an attack, probably like a, a hacker group. Um, that suddenly, you know, uh, decided to send out uh, a certain campaign, um, mm -hmm. and so yeah, we, we've seen, we've generally been very busy in the last couple of months. Um, we've just been seeing a, a pretty big uptick uh, in phishing attacks, both in terms of the number, just the raw numbers uh, that we're seeing. We're seeing just mass campaigns. So in the last two months, um, you know, I think we've seen, you know, over th three million. Uh, different attacks, and and that's you know within that that's uh, you know thousands of different um, unique phishing attempts. So you know the phishing world is kind of separated. There's the kind of mass phishing, um, and you know where the same template is used many many times, and they're trying just to to get a lot of folks to fall for it. And then there's the more targeted stuff, uh, where they're typically after more you know uh, a more higher profile kind of, kind of uh, targets. So lately that here with, with, oh no, it makes perfect sense. Um, here with my own research yeah. lately, I've been noticing a, an uptick in, in kits that are based on services and uh, not just well-known brands. Like um, I found a Zoom fishing kit the other day that I thought was really interesting that Zoom's now on their radar to where they want to get credentials for that. Um, but you came across a uh, Wells Fargo, Netflix, Citibank. You've seen a, an uptick in those recently. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, you know, one thing that's really important to remember is that, you know, attackers, you know, uh, people reuse passwords, right? Yep. So, you know, um, so a lot of people use the same password that they do for Netflix, that they do for their corporate yep. email system or maybe their payroll system. Right. Um, and so attackers really don't care. Right. Like, you know, once they have a password of someone, you know, they can wreak havoc, even if the system doesn't necessarily seem you know, that that dangerous or, or that sensitive. So, you know, they're basically trying to get in any way they can. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty interesting. Like we've seen in the court, you know, our most of our customers are obviously kind of corporate, or, you know, or corporate organizations, right? They're not consumers. But we've seen a really big uptick, for example, with a lot of these consumer services like, Nef like Netflix, where they're trying to grab the Netflix password and then reuse it to get into the corporate network. Um, so, yeah, that, that was a really interesting one. We've also seen like a lot of these, um, you know, internationally. So like, um, I think one, one of the examples we, we sent your way was, was Netflix, but it was actually in, in Spanish, I yeah. believe. So we've, yeah. we've seen Spanish so Netflix. I think, I, 
So the, the attackers are pretty savvy, right? They're kind of, I think, tracking the expansion of some of these services internationally. You know, so, I, you know, uh, perhaps Netflix was introduced to a few new countries and, and you know, with the enthusiasm about it, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of following it and trying to harvest credentials. Yep. So it wasn't the, the kit that you guys sent me over, but there was another Netflix kit I came across that was uh, geolocated. Uh, this one was uh, French. And what I thought was really interesting was, A, I'm not entirely certain if... Uh, Netflix had like a, a dominant like French presence. But what was interesting was when you looked at the back end of the code, if your IP or your location didn't match France, it would direct you to a fake 404 or a 302 to redirect you over to Google. You wouldn't even get to see the kit. They're, they're literally just yeah. wanting, you know, one locale. I, I, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how they're developing their security mechanisms. Um, the Are you seeing any like tricks similar to that or are you seeing anything that, that yeah. like stands out as really cool in your mind i mean what are you seeing yeah no so i mean by the way let me, let me zoom yeah so we've definitely seen that and i think you know the, the thing that they're trying to do there right is they know that most or not most but many uh, like for example email security vendors or, or like, <laughs> let's say office 365 and gmail obviously sit in the u.s and and you know some of the techniques that you know companies have developed are based on actually going in kind of uh, and actually looking at the site itself and trying to analyze it. So if they, you know, if they can put a 404 page, you know, a lot of these yep. filters um, won't cache the email. So and and they're, you know, and they know that someone who's not French will probably not click on a French email. So um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not, you know, so honestly, it's not like rocket science, right? I mean, it's no. not that hard to do something like that. Um, but they're they know, you know. So another, you know, another really interesting one we've seen, which is you know slightly related, is. Um, you know, all, you know, text, you know, text manipulation has been around for a very long time in the world of, you know, uh, spam and phishing. Um, so now we're seeing uh, people entering, you know, the attackers kind of entering, uh, you know, uh, zero font text in email. Um, that's something that we're seeing or, you know, they're playing around with uh, various alphabets. So, you know, the same word will have different, different, you know, we'll have the R in Cyrillic. Yep. Um, so that's another, another place that they're really um, focused on. Another, by the way, another, um, Similar type of deception is just instead of uh, sending like spam emails or phishing emails with text, they'll have it in images. And again, since most you know filters rely on analyzing the actual text, they don't actually go and do OCR or something like that on the image. They'll also fail. So um, yeah, so there's a lot. <laughs> yeah, so it's all all of these, in my opinion, fall in the category of like social engineering. They're not, um, you know, these are not techniques that are like about creating a very, you know, it's like a super complex zero day exploit in Windows that, you know, or something like that. It's more about kind of fooling the filters and fooling the, the humans looking at the, at the email. Nice. All right. Stop right there. Your video froze for a second. So we're just going to let no. you No, we're going to let the, no, no, no. We got everything you just said was recorded. We're fine there. I just, okay. We're going to wait for the, the video. Yeah. All right. Well, well, Chris says, keep going. So we're going to keep going. So <clears throat> Going back to uh, uh, an, in uh, an interesting thing I saw in one of the kits, um, I'm curious, when it comes to the HD access files, a lot of these kits include for security reasons, like if your IP falls within a, a certain range, you know, block it and everything like that. <coughs> Where are they getting these um, address ranges? Are they logging their own stuff or are they just coming against it on the fly like there's a, a known pool of addresses they're blocking? Yeah, um, that's a good question. You know, 
I suspect, so first of all, like some, some of this information is available online. Like mm -hmm. the attackers actually do share information. Um, also don't forget, I mean, th these guys um, have, you know, they run, so we, we, we suspect, uh, for example, like in, in uh, spam, spam syndicates, right? The, the same organization is going to run multiple campaigns and is almost going to build a kind of a platform mm -hmm. for distributing uh, spam. So, so we know, you know, we, we, the same thing is true with, with phishing, right? So they've uh, worked with the major vendors that do security with the major email service providers. Uh, you know, they, they, they understand how these systems work. They understand what IPs they might use to, to look up, you know, uh, links. Um, and then sometimes they might distribute that information amongst themselves. So they, these are fairly experienced and seasoned attackers, right? Like a lot of these attacks are clearly crafted with the understanding of, of how email security systems work. And to be honest with you, you know, I'm I'm the first to also criticize my brethren in the security industry. A lot of the techniques that people use are still very naive. They're, they're very they're they're based on IP reputation. They are based yeah. on very simple regexes and text analysis and blacklists, right? So so it's no wonder that these techniques work. Yeah, um, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So touch base. Uh, just one last thing before we have to go. Uh, there's been a, a an interesting police case here lately. Um, I understand yeah. you're familiar with it. Department of Justice just nabbed scores of scammers involved in fraud, millions of dollars worth of stuff. Give me a breakdown on that. What are your, what's your take on that, that whole arrest situation over at DOJ? Yeah. So look, I mean, I've, I've actually personally been working on BEC. That's kind of, yeah, that's, that's your been, thing. Uh, that's, that's my thing. And that's been kind of something that, you know, at Barracuda, we've really um, dedicated a lot of uh, efforts into. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think um, what happens, right, is the end goal of most of these BEC campaigns is, is a wire transfer at the end. Yep. You know, sometimes they try to steal um, sensitive information, you know, like social security numbers or medical information. But generally, in analysis, we did 99% of BEC attacks. The end goal is um, a wire transfer. Um, and so when you, there is a wire transfer, you know, uh, at some point, right, the security, we as a security company kind of cannot, you know, kind of our, our, our responsibility ends. And and kind of uh, DOJ and, and the banks kind of begin. So, so I know that um, you know a lot of our customers, you know, a lot of folks that came to us because of BC problems had in the past reported these problems to DAJ and, and DOJ did launch investigations. Yep. I know that a lot of these cases have been very tricky uh, because you know, especially if the end, if they the account at the end is like sitting in China or Russia or, or kind of a quote unquote non cooper or less cooperative country, it's, it's, it's very hard to retrieve the money. Uh, but in this case, you know, it seems like it was, there was a presence in Nigeria, but there was also a presence in the US. Um, and so perhaps that's kind of the way they were able to, to catch this ring. I will say, you know, I, I looked at, you know, the, the numbers that were uh, published, right? So I think they were able to, rec this ring was responsible for several millions of dollars. Yeah, 2.4 yeah, million was seized and they disrupted or recovered 14 million in fraudulent wire transfers. Yeah, so I mean, that's great, and that is a lot of money, but that is actually, I mean, that is a drop in the bucket, yeah. right? So that is, you know, if um, the FBI published numbers um, up to 2016, it was $5 billion in mistaken wire transfer, fraudulent yeah. wire transfers. So I mean, that's like less than 1%, <laughs> way less than 1%, way, yeah. right? Um, so, I mean, this, I think this shows the types, you know, and, and think about it, like this operation, this, this, these guys were able to extract several million dollars. They were they had um, you know dozens of people 
working an international syndicate. So just imagine yep. how many other people uh, of that like $5 billion economy, there's probably hundreds of, if not thousands oh, yeah. of criminals around the world working on this. So, um, so I think it's, it's great that they did it, but I think we need to, uh, you know, I think this is just a kind of an alarm. It's the tip uh, of the iceberg. And it shows you how widespread this is. Yeah, so we, we need to all be uh, very vigilant about uh, BEC. Can I just say one more thing, Steve? Just a really sure. interesting um, attack that we've seen. So, you know, the cutting edge now of BC is um, BEC plus account takeover. And that's actually the attack that I'm personally most worried about, um, you know, because I think, you know, there are, you know, there are pretty decent solutions for BEC now. But um, what we've seen is attackers actually take over. They steal the credentials of an internal employee and then they use the actual you know, account of that employee to send an email like to the CFO. So the CFO yep. is getting an email, hey, wire transfer money from the actual CEO's email from within the corporate network, right? Yep. And that attack, we've started seeing that. And and I mean, that is extremely, you know, <laughs> extremely dangerous and, and hard to catch. Um, we, we're working on it. Um, and we have some some solutions in place to help with ATO. But, but I think beyond that, I think co companies just need to have a really high awareness to wire transfers. They need to do training. They need to set up safeguards. Um, oh, yeah. Anytime a wire transfer comes in, you know, a request for a wire transfer, companies need to be really, really vigilant. Even if it's coming from, you know, the phone of the CEO or from, yep. the, from the email of the CEO, it's it's super dangerous. Well, so. See, that's that's the frustrating part about all that. When, when you see these BEC stamps, you know, take off, it's because they, they're actually playing along with the normal workflow of the business. So, if you get an email from the CFO that says, hey, wire transfer to this account, $5 million, and you do it, that's because you normally would get an email, typically during your business day, to transfer money. That should never happen. When you're dealing with this kind of high-value sum, you should literally, it should be a face-to-face -face meeting. Here's the account I need you to transfer to. We need to get this done today, and then you do it. I mean, it takes two seconds to pick up the phone or to, to meet somebody face-to-face -face to confirm this versus do it over email. I mean, this is how they got away with getting all the W-2 scan, uh, W-2 records and everything during tax season. You know, all they would do is email the company and say, hey, I need all your tax records. Somebody gave it to them. I mean, that, it's it's just a normal business thing that they're they're just inserting themselves into. They're not even disrupting it. This is typically how they work. So they just go right in. Um, going back to your account takeover thing, real quick. It sounds like they're advancing on what they were doing last summer. There was a group in Nigeria that was taking over accounts and then it's pushing the 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 emails from there. So it's this an advanced version of that, or are they just more coordinated this time, sticking with high level targets? Yeah, no, I, th I think it is advancing, right? So um, we account takeover is also something that we've been really focused on um, and have researched quite a bit. So, mm -hmm. you know, I think in the early days of account takeover, you know, typically they would just harvest credentials um, and then use the take accounts that were taken over to launch additional phishing campaigns. So, for example, like I take over, you know, an account of, you know, whatever, like a university, okay, and then I use that university's email to, to send thousands of email of emails to other, you know, higher value targets, trying to fish them, for example, and 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 those emails will get through because the university would have a very high reputation, right? My my email would be trusted by, for example, Microsoft. Now, what we've seen um, is, yeah, they're now doing more sophisticated campaigns, right? So they're trying within, you know, within a an organization to do BC to try to infiltrate higher level employees, right? To get to the senior executives and then steal information off of them. We've had, for example, um, an organization, I, I'll keep them unnamed, where um, basically the uh, attackers infiltrated 
um, you know, their the network with ATO, and then they used the same. They, they stole a bunch of passwords from the payroll team, um, and then they used those passwords to log into the payroll system and change all of the employees. Um, bank account numbers, and then when payday came in, you know all the checks were all about the to checks got routed. All the the checks got routed right so to the wrong places. So so that's you know I think that's really the new frontier um, is where ATO is kind of how you get in, and then you know they do uh, much more sophisticated things once they're inside because you know like most email vendors won't even check internal emails and they have no way to stop uh, internal emails and you know and Microsoft typically won't stop it right so it's kind of an open it's a, once once you get into the door you know the everything is open to you yeah so. Usiv, it's been great talking to you thanks for joining me if you'd like to stay As up always, on hold on one second let's do that again because I, I I like that I didn't want to cut you off Usiv, it's been great uh, hanging out with you thanks for taking the time to talk to me Go ahead. As always. <laughs> Damn it. Let's do it a third time. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't want to interrupt you. Okay. So I'll say thanks and I'll let you chime in and then I'll do the close. I'm sorry, man. Usuf, <laughs> <laughs> it's been great talking to you. Thanks for taking the time to join me. Thank you, Steve, as always. If you'd like to stay up on BEC attacks, phishing, or any other types of ATO scams, schemes, or money laundering frauds, remember, Keep an eye on us at CSOonline.com. I'm Steve Reagan, and this has been Salted Ash. I'll see you next week. Bye.